WCIA 3-in-1 podcast talking Illinois' opening round victory of the NCAA tournament over Chattanooga, 54-53 the final. I'm Andy Olson, joined by Brett Behrens on location in Pittsburgh, and his stay just got extended by a couple of days thanks to the win by the Illini on the court that did not look assured for almost any moment of the game in, in reality going back looking at it but we will we'll talk about that I, I am sure we'll talk about it all but Brett you were there at a different angle you're not shooting the game we can't shoot the games at the NCAA tournament so you get to watch from a different perspective not on the court uh, just tell me your first reactions to Illinois getting the win moving on to the round of 32 with a chance to uh, go to the second weekend for the first time in 17 years. Watched most of the game, Andy, from about a mile high in a blimp uh, up in the seventh floor of the arena, which was fine. I watched the final few minutes from court level right near the Illinois Tunnel because a little TV jargon here. We can shoot the team coming off the court, but that's the only thing that we can actually shoot. You can't shoot them uh, on the court, just off, coming off the court. Exactly. And so we got those moments, the, the first moments, uh, where they weren't in the spotlight, so to speak, of the crowd there. And it was a great crowd today at uh, PPG Paints Arena here in Pittsburgh. Illinois, quite simply in my eyes, did not deserve to win the game, Andy. I mean, they led for all of 25 seconds. They didn't take their first lead until less than a minute to go in the game. And they did not play as well as Chattanooga. I mean, I, I put myself in the Chattanooga mindset and it has to be so frustrating to lead almost the whole game. They were up as many as 14, uh, not even 10 minutes into the game. They were the better team for almost the entire game. And yet Illinois was able to hang around and they escaped with a win. And to me, it really is just that they escaped with a victory. And sometimes in the NCAA tournament, that's what you have to do. But they were not crisp did not come out and play well. And after the game, the team did not have many answers for why they didn't either. Uh, Brad Underwood just said quite simply survive in advance. And, and, you know, Kofi Coburn couldn't give a real reason as why they, they didn't come out very well. And it was just almost embarrassing in a sense of like, man, where, where is this team? Because I think so many people and rightfully so they have great wins this season, uh, have confidence that this team can be really good. And yet at the same time, we saw today in the first half just how bad this team could be. And it wasn't even just the first half. I mean, Wisconsin goes on a 7-0 run to come out of the second half, and they're up 11 it. again. And it's like, it's like, man, this – from a – like I put myself in a – try and put myself like in a fan perspective, and, and I get texts all during the game from different fans that I know, and they're like, this team is just so frustrating. And I get it. They are. They're inconsistent. They're <laughs> – very, very frustrating to watch because of that inconsistency. It, it almost bit them today, but they are able to get out with the win and, and advance, and now they'll play Houston on Sunday. Yeah, they will play Houston on Sunday at 11.10 a.m. Central Time. That'll be 12.10 Eastern over there for anyone that may be in Pittsburgh, like Brett himself. And you can watch it on WCIA. They get, uh, they get the, the big eye uh, uh, as they look to move on to that second weekend of the NCAA tournament. Yeah, Illinois in this one got out on the wrong foot, certainly. I mean, that's kind of putting it mildly. They were down 12-3. to It felt like before 
fans had even settled into their seats. It was just so quickly that Chattanooga jumped on them, and that's a credit to Malachi Smith. I thought DeSosa had a great game inside when he wasn't picking up fouls, and he picked up a few early ones, and I was surprised that uh, Lamont Paris put DeSosa out there back in at the end of the first half with two fouls. I was like, he's just asking to pick up his third one. I knew that was one of the things to look out for, and this one was DeSosa being in in foul trouble a lot. Uh, But Illinois, like we've brought up all year, they just keep finding ways to win somehow. And I don't know if we've seen them win a game like this this season, but we keep saying every new way that they win when they weren't playing well is another one that you, you add to the arsenal and you hope that it pays off when it comes tournament time. And that's exactly what we saw where they led for 25 seconds, but they led the most important second, which was the very last one. And even that was in doubt as the mocks had the ball at the, at the, at the buzzer, Coburn ends up with 17 points. He had 13 rebounds. Coleman adds a huge, huge 10 points. I hope we talk about Coleman here in a little bit. Uh, He had eight rebounds as well. And, of course, the all-important block that sealed things for Illinois. I think we start with Kofi. And you've already brought up the fact that he didn't have any answers for why the Illini didn't play well. But him specifically felt like he was just bothered by the amount of pressure that Chattanooga was putting inside on him and the amount of bodies that they were putting inside. And it turned into a lot of fouls that the mocks were, were giving up. Kofi was fouled eight times just in the first half, but then he wasn't hitting his free throws. So the strategy ended up working out for Chattanooga really effectively, almost eliminating him entirely from the game. He still ends up with 17, but really not the best performance from Kofi um, that we've seen from him this season. Yeah, I think the numbers are a little bit deceiving there. Yes, if you just look at the points and rebounds, you're going to say, oh, you got another double-double and, you know, controlled the game. But the free throw is really concerning. Illinois was just tense, Andy. Yeah. Just from my perspective early on, and I don't know what you saw on TV, but they just looked tense, uncomfortable, and that's what they talked about not doing. <laughs> like they Going up in the lead-up to this was, hey, we're free, we're easy, we're going to have fun. And it looked like the exact opposite to me for what they did. And Kofi at the line was what the biggest indicator was. You know, five for 10 from the line just did not look like he was settled in. And I kept asking myself, like, when is Illinois going to settle in here? Okay, the stage was clearly not too big for Chattanooga. And yet, once again, I felt like it was for the Illini. And and they just could not get a rhythm going early. And it look, I don't even know if they ever really got a rhythm going, did they? I mean, you mentioned the Coleman block that was huge. But Chattanooga got two pretty good looks. I mean, the Coleman you know, block was a good play by him. But, like, they got to the hoop when, it was, when they were down one and had a chance to win the game. And then they had another jumper to win the game. And, look, I mean, Illinois, I just feel like, got the benefit of the doubt in this and and just got really lucky to pull away and, and walk out of here with a win because like I mentioned at the beginning, Andy, I just did not feel like Illinois was the better team. The guard play was not good. Uh, I think Coleman Hawkins deserves a ton of credit for, you know, scoring 10 points and getting eight rebounds and having the block. He's still a minus three in the plus minus, um, which is a little deceiving, I think, because I think he played better than that going five for eight from the floor in 32 minutes. And, and Coleman got the start because Jacob Grandison uh, was available, played nine minutes, but did not look comfortable to me. Uh, he is definitely not healthy and didn't take a shot. 
you know, it didn't really affect the game, had two assists, but like, and three rebounds, but, you know, it was a pretty much a non-factor. He was looking to pass first. There, there was no chance he was taking many shots. I don't know how comfortable he feels in that, but you only had two points from your guards at halftime. Trent Frazier, another poor performance, 0 for 6 from the field. He only scores two points, and they're both on free throws, 0 for 5 from 3. And, and I just felt sick. I was talking to a, another media member right there when the game was ending before Trent had those two free throws for his only points of the game. And I go, man, wouldn't that be a shame if, if Trent Frazier walks off the court for the final time as an Alana and, like, doesn't score? Like, I, man, you know, geez, putting yourself in – Try you know these these people's shoes and, and whatever that is like the Illini fan and how they feel or Trent Frazier and how he feels and you know how Chattanooga feels like there's there's so many emotions flying around here um, but it was Illinois defense in my eyes that won them the game and if you're gonna hold Malachi Smith from four to twenty like dude took twenty shots he only made four you know and and that's the SoCon Player of the Year I mean I, I thought it was the defense in the end that did it. And when you think about this, Andy, they only allowed 20 points in the second half. I mean, after giving up 33 in the first, Illinois' defense really did buckle down. And out of those 20 points, seven were in the first two minutes of the second half. Yeah, 13 so, you know, they scored the final 18 minutes. I mean, think about that, man. Credit to Illinois for that. But, you know, at, at the same time, it's like, wow, this, this team has a lot of um, – questions and just a lot of inconsistency that has got to be frustrating not only for the fans but for brad underwood too is you know multiple times today just like looked like he wanted to pull his hair out like where's what am i supposed to do you know what are the answers here you know yeah i i feel like i've seen a lot of uh, of copiisms from um alana twitter coming up with like oh you know there's a lot of teams that went on deep runs that had really bad first games and it's like okay yeah that, and you know that could totally be true but you have to own the fact that illinois there are serious question marks moving on. I'm sure we're going to talk about the second round matchup with Houston. That should be a really interesting matchup inside with the Cougars size. But let's talk about the sophomores now for a moment as Coleman Hawkins. We've already brought up him, the huge block, the 10 points. He had a really big game, two alley-oops that he was able to finish. It just kind of seems like uh, he's really taken a hold of that, that number four role in the starting lineup and Really, the mocks were just going to let him have what he wants because he didn't they didn't really have any answers for him on on the defensive side of things. And then Andre Curbelo was a plus 18 uh, on the game for the Atlanta. And I know that that's an imperfect stat. It doesn't really give you the full look at everything. But compared to where everyone else was on the plus minus, I think that's significant to look at. He did have six turnovers, but he had as many assists as well. He had some really pretty passes, and it just felt like when Andre Curbelo wasn't on the floor, Illinois could do absolutely nothing. So the two sophomores coming up big time today for the Alana, and probably the reason why they won paired with Alfonso Plummer being the only person to hit a three for Illinois all day. Yeah, and I felt like Curbelo is just what he is. I mean, I got more texts during the game about Curbelo than anything else. But what do you do? He makes those electrifying plays that we've seen all season long, and yet he leaves you scratching your head when he turns the ball over and Look, six turnovers is way too many. Uh, Illinois is going to struggle if, if their point guard has six turnovers in the game. But yet there he is. And, and you know, those passes that he does have that really kind of get the juices going and the momentum going. And, 
You know, he only goes one for seven from the floor, makes his free throws, though. And, and I feel like defensively, I saw him fight through a ton of screens today um, and, and impact the game and more than that. And so, yeah, I'll agree that, you know, the plus 18 is, is too much and the plus minus. And I think that's on the far end of that stat, you know, where, hey, look, I don't know if he was quite that good. But at the same time, Illinois was better when he was in the game because Trent Frazier quite simply couldn't do anything. You know, when, when Trent does when Trent Frazier doesn't make a shot, this team is really going to struggle. And and we saw that today. And and where would they be without Coleman Hawkins the last couple of games? You know, I think that's a fair assessment too, with as well as he played against Indiana in the Big Ten tournament. And then today, you know, like Coleman's minus three today, but I felt like he had way bigger of an impact than even maybe Andre Corbello and yeah. the plus minus. And and as I said, you know, shout out to him for just taking a hold of that role when, when Jacob Grandison went down. Yeah. And, and even before that, he was having a good few games coming off the bench. But now, inserted in the starting lineup, even if Jacob Grandison was 100%, I'm not sure you can take Coleman Hawkins out with the way that he's been playing. No. It's, he's just been so, so, so good. And he is going to be a big key against Houston, a, a team with so, so much size. And, and we're going to dive into the specifics and you guys on the your online nation pregame show will have the matchups that we need to look out for in that game but just giving it a little preview houston lives inside and you saw that today against uab and that 512 match and they were able to win that one i don't want to say handedly but it seemed like they always had like a 10 point lead uab was shooting really really well um there was a point where i believe they had seven field goals made in a row uh, but Houston just felt like they they were really in control of that game. And that AAC versus Big Ten matchup now on Sunday, man, Brett, that's going to be a very tough one for the Atlanta, especially if they come out the way that they did today. I don't think that Illinois has played to a, a, a degree of, I guess the only word I can come up with is goodness, a degree of goodness uh, in like the past month that – would be good enough to beat Houston. Maybe at Michigan, if they came out with a performance like that, that was like the really, the last really good one. But, you know, the Cougars are really good. Yeah, they were standing next to me in the tunnel there watching the end of the game. And they are so long and athletic. Uh, they got a ton of size. And I didn't get to watch the game tonight against UAB because I was working on stuff for the show. Uh, but, you know, I just looking at their numbers where they go 6'11", 6'8", six four six five across the board like that size is going to be an issue for illinois and the other thing and i was talking to somebody else about this earlier houston has been there before <laughs> you know they're a final four team last year they're not going to be intimidated by the matchup by illinois by kofi coburn and and they're going to know how to win a game because they did it last year and illinois has not i, I think illinois is still going to feel the pressure although i do think illinois being an underdog and i think i saw four point underdog here on on early line i think that benefits illinois to just say hey we got nothing to lose we're the underdog here even though we're, we're the higher seed you know nobody thinks we can win and I, I would imagine that brad uses that to his advantage to say hey look we escaped go out and get it everything you got and, and try and move on here but um, it does not surprise me that houston is is a favorite in this game Andy, because i think most outsiders uh, and and maybe even most Illini fans deep down would say, hey, I, I, on paper, at least they're the better team. But that's why they play the game to go figure out who is uh, on the court. Yeah, and I, I think we can all come to the consensus that the matchup inside between 
uh, Kofi and all other big athletic guys in the middle is going to be the key in this one. But to me, for Illinois to win, I feel like it's going to come down to whether or not they can get it working from the outside because if they shoot like they did tonight from three, I don't think there's a chance that Kofi is going to be able to do enough inside to help them win this game. They just need to get just use those get used to those really orange balls that everyone is complaining about <laughs> on TV. They are different. I'll tell you that in person. They they do look different. And the guys at the practice the other day were, you know, kind of trying to get a feel for them. And, and I think they were even, you know, I got the sense at least that they were, you know, different in that sense. So I don't know. I mean, look, even if the balls are different, whatever, like go out, go out and make it. It's the same for both teams. You no, we've I mean? seen so, other teams. Every, uh, every team has to get used to it. And other teams are yeah. shooting just fine. Yeah, exactly. That's the point. So go out and make uh, the shots. You you quite simply just can't go three for seventeen from three. Yeah. I mean, it's it's remarkable that they won the game doing that, and they didn't have a three for a long time in this game either. So um, shoot the ball better. You know, I mean, it's it's really not that hard in a sense. You know, it's like we can sit here and break down a bunch of things, but you got to make shots, and guys got to step up. You got to have more from Trent Frazier. You know, uh, you got to get some more key pieces from from guys in there, and especially when the bench is short. I had some people saying, "Where's R.J. Melendez? And, you know, where's Luke Goody?" And I'm like, I, I just don't feel like Underwood trusts them in this moment, and, that, and that's okay. That's not a knock on those guys. That's just the fact that, hey, look, he he's going to shorten his bench, and uh, you know, it's it's just going to be what it is in that sense. You, you're going to roll with a, a smaller rotation and and uh, have the guys out there that he trusts. All right, Brett, second round of 64 win in a row, two years in a row for the Illini. That's nothing to sneeze at, but it's something that you would expect from where the Illini have been in the last few years. They move on to play Houston, four versus five in the South region. Winner most likely moving on to play Arizona. Of course, they need to play uh, TCU first as well on that Sunday. So, Brett, let's get your final thoughts on Illinois Chattanooga put this win to bed. The first win over the mocks in Illinois program history. Uh, it wasn't looking so certain for a lot of the game, but they do come come out with a win and they do move on. Yeah, how about that? I, I think it's just survive in advance, and you got to try and you know figure out why they've been struggling to make shots here the last couple of games, and um, and just put it all together. You know, um, I, like I said, I, I do feel like it is advantage Illinois that they're going to be an underdog against Houston. And, uh, you know, I, I do feel for Chattanooga, though, in that sense um, that, you know, they had to have felt like they had this game won and that they were the better team. And yet at the end of the day, uh, the mocks are going home and the Illini are moving on uh, against a really quality Houston team. 30 wins this season for them. And I know it's the AAC and it's different, um, but anytime a team wins 30 games, they're a really, really good team. And so we'll see what Illinois does on Sunday. But uh, overall, I feel like Alana Nation should take a big, deep breath, uh, a sigh of relief, because that's what Brad Underwood said he did after the game. And, uh, you know, you go out and you lace them up again in, in uh, 48 hours here or less than that and, and see if you can get a win. Yeah, and as much as it sounds like we're poo-pooing on Illinois because they, they played <laughs> bad in this one and we're, it seems like we're talking up Houston, Illinois can still absolutely win that game. They still absolutely have a shot. 100%. Now, it's a yeah. much tougher opponent than Chattanooga. It should be, a, a, a hopefully, you think, a much better game. Uh, I don't think Illinois fans would call this one a good game, even though it was close most of the time. But uh, it should definitely be an exciting one no matter what. Brett will have even more reports Saturday 
that could be today when you're listening to this. It's Saturday when we're recording this um, on WCIA, WCIA.com from Pittsburgh as Illinois gets prepared for that 4-5 match. And, of course, we're going to have all the coverage on Sunday as well in that game, win or loss. You can watch the highlights, get the sound, get the story on WCIA on air, online, website, WCIA.com, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere that you get our content. We'll also be having our, of course, post-game chat right here on WCIA 3-in-1 pod as well. So for Brett, I'm Andy. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast with us. We'll talk to you next time. Enjoy the game on Sunday.